Hi, hi, and welcome to Strange Bedfellows. My name is Tanner Greenring, and I am a strange bedfellow. My name is Jamie Greenring, also known as Jamie Green. I am also a strange bedfellow. Yeah, I think that's true. Although the premise, the the reason we came up with that name was like, oh, Jack and I are unfamiliar with the romance genre, so the two of us are strange bedfellows with romance. But also, we sort of have this reputation of being a little uh, Bert and Ernie-like. Yes, that's true. But I'm a strange, I'm not a strange bedfellow to romance, but you I'm were, a strange bedfellow to this podcast. You are neither a strange bedfellow to the romance genre, nor are you a strange bedfellow to me. We've had a ch- child together. I'm realizing now I don't know what strange bedfellows means. I thought it meant an unlikely pair. You're making it sound like strangers to each other's beds. Uh, I think I think I, we're both saying the same thing. We we are Those not an unlikely pair. To, okay. Right. We are a likely pair. We're married. We have a, a son. I mean, we're a factual pair. We are yeah. a pair. And a and a carnal pair. Stop. <laughs> we're lovers. Jamie hates it when I refer to us as lovers. Doesn't um, everyone hate that? No, I think most people embrace it and love no, it. No, they absolutely don't. You what do you pervert. do? You mean most people hate it when I refer to you as my lover? No, most people just hate the word lover. There no. was a whole SNL sketch about what a gross word that is. Nope i I like it. Um, I also you like, like it ironically when... because you know it bothers me. Same. It is exactly the same as how you like Jar Jar Binks. I also like it when. I wear an outfit that matches an outfit you're wearing when yeah. we're going somewhere uh, public, like a, a wedding. wedding or something like well, that. Well, this was the thing for a while because your best suit, like you had one suit and it was navy blue. And for a long time, my best semi-formal dress was navy blue. Yeah. And I think you really liked that. Yeah. I like matching. I like matching with you. I like... I like it when people can glance at us and sort of know that we're a pair just at a glance, you know? And you don't trust, like, body language and affection to do that? No, I don't trust body language and, or affection to do pretty much anything. Like to convey to your partner that you love them? You know the premise of the show, right? We're, we're Jack and I are repressed, icked out by affection and romance and S-E-X. Do we have to talk about love languages? Do you want to talk about love languages? Because Jack and I have the same love language. Small gifts? Yeah. We like receiving small gifts and giving them. Right. So it's your giving language and your receiving language can be different. But I, I know, know, but that... I think mine is the same. Yeah. I think I love giving and receiving small gifts. You, you know, know me. You know how often I'm I'm constantly buying little things for... For Miles? Yeah. Miles, our son. We, we just had a conversation about how... And you instigated this conversation about how it's becoming a problem. It's becoming a problem because he now, like, when we pick him up from school, he'll demand a toy. He'll, be he'll like, just say, new, new toy? New toy. New toy? <laughs> I have like, like, no, a, not every day. A very, I have a very uh, painful memory of being a very small child, maybe four years old, 
And my dad came home from a business trip. And like the first thing I asked him was if he'd brought me anything. And I think he shamed me for that. Yeah. (laughs) And it like just thinking about it, I feel so awful. I was four, but I felt really bad and I still do. Well, I hope to never do that to Miles. There's literally, I'm going to say six different toys waiting in the wings in our house right now that can just be deployed at a at a moment's notice have you figured out actually several of them are in the trunk of the car okay i was gonna say because you you used to keep the emergency toys in the closet in the office and he just learned that that's where they are and one day he just found them all (laughs) um no now they're um two of them are in the the pantry in the kitchen this isn't this isn't useful for any of you sex havers is it in the pantry in the kitchen that he goes into to play in all the time no 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 the okay. other one okay um and then God, we're gonna sound we're gonna sound car. so rich and luxurious having two pantries <laughs> i think one of them has some rotten onions in it yeah we live in the world's smallest house sex <laughs> so don't be envious of our Do lifestyle not. This is a podcast where we talk about the romance genre and mm. and how it relates to various forms of media. Last week, we read a book. This week, we're watching a film. Mm. And the film we watched was the 2020 film, Emma. Period. Emma, period. That's how it's always styled. Emma, period. Emma, period. Um, directed by... Autumn DeWild. Autumn DeWild. Do we know anything about Autumn DeWild and what else she has directed we do she directed uh sounds like maybe we don't a lot of music videos okay that's cool yeah like uh like spike jones yes anyone i would know beck Uh, okay uh uh, a little someone called rilo kylie so she's sort of a hip video director decembrists jenny lewis Oh boy, uh, uh, Tanner, two thousand and yeah six. Tanner is calling, and he's very interested in everything you have to say right now. Florence and the Machine. D- yeah, did she do a, a Bright Eyes music video too, no. by chance? No. So yeah, she's she's this this is her feature film directorial debut. I think so. God knocked it out of the park. I know it's so. We love this one. We love. Yeah, this one. I will say. Jamie and I had an aborted run in another piece of media that I shall not name because it it's not, not. We're not going to shame it. We're not. We didn't enjoy it, uh, and we decided to give up on it. But um, it was a game. We were going to play a game because I thought, like, well, Jack's never going to play a game with me. But we weren't having fun with it. We were both feeling pretty cranky, and we were trying to get through this game. We we're like, this is not fun. Let's do something much more fun, much more enjoyable, something that feels familiar and nice to us. So we decided to watch one of our mutual favorite films, the 2020 Emma Emma, period starring Big Bug Eyes. She has a name. She's a beautiful woman. I'm not saying that she's like, no, or Big Bug Eyes make her unattractive. And that's the whole thing with this movie, which I think may have initially been an observation from my friend James, must credit James, that everyone in this movie has a fascinating face. What do you think it says about us that my oldest friend is named Jim and your oldest friend is named James? Do you think that's like you're sort of this like East Coast elitist sort of like, oh, oh, my best friend is named James and I'm like a flyover country like 
Midwestern boy where I'm like, well, my best friend's name is Jim. I guess. So sort of like Prince and the Pauper kind of, right? A little bit. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, James noticed that everyone is sort of, um, they just, it's, what's the, what's, there's like gotta be a nice way to say this because it's like everyone is odd looking, but like everyone is also very attractive. I mean, part of that is movies, right? And there is a scene where there are maybe like 10 or 15 extras who are all young women. And I noticed that they were all just beautiful, just normal, beautiful, beautiful in the school, like just normal, beautiful girls. But, Almost everyone in this movie, except for the actress who plays Jane Fairfax, who is just normal beautiful, is like weird beautiful. There's something odd and alluring about yeah. them. Like Both Anya, the, the men and the women. Everyone. Like Anya Taylor-Joy has these huge eyes that are set very far apart. Yep. Um, Johnny Flynn's face is made out of mushy clay and he has a scar on one cheek. Yep. Mia Goth has no eyebrows. No, and she's she looks like a like a... She looks like a, a female character in a video game where yes. you can sort of style your own character before you've done any of the styling. <laughs> she looks, or or like she would be playing a far future android. Yeah. Josh O'Connor, big ears. Connor Swindells, who plays Robert Martin, head is a perfect rectangle. His per- perfect rectangle, yeah. The woman who plays Mrs. Elton, longest neck. Yeah, in the she's world. got the longest neck in the world. Tiny little yeah. head on a long neck, but it's beautiful. But everyone is so beautiful. It's such an interesting casting choice all around. I love it. Um, it's uh, love it so much. I love it too. Um, we, 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 uh, how many times have you seen this film? I think this was. If this was two for you, it was three for me. Okay, because I was I was chiding you last night as we were watching it because you're um, what's the best way to put this? A sleepy baby. Yes. And you fall asleep on the couch every night. Most every nights. Night. Most nights. Many nights. Uh, I would say between the hours of 8 p.m. and 9.30? Well, because if I make it to 9.30, I should probably go upstairs. Yep. Um, but the 8.30 to 9 half hour is my sweet spot. Usually halftime of a basketball game. Yeah, or like usually watching a basketball during game. During the basketball game, the, the squeaking of sneakers on the court is just the perfect sound to drift away to. And that washed over you last night. You decided to go supine as I, we were watching the I film. was horizontal. Yeah. And then... Uh, you um, got worried. I was a little worried. I, th- I thought maybe you were uh, nodding off, which I think I, actually you were. I was very sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sleepy and it was really a calculation. Of, and you even said, like, do you want to finish this tomorrow? I was, I was trying not to be a jerk about it. I, 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 at first I said, like, oh, well, because, Jamie, just gentle reminder. We no, do have to do the, a podcast about so, this but movie that, tomorrow. But that gentle reminder was not about me dozing. It was because I was looking at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right, this was pre-dozing. That was pre-dozing. I was horizontal, but I was looking at Instagram stories while watching the movie because what else do you do while watching a movie? Yep. And you said that. You said, hey, don't forget, we do have to... And I was like, I've seen this movie so many times. Right, which means three um, times. Three times, which yep. is a lot. But then when I started dozing, possibly because I wasn't giving myself the extra stimulation of looking at Instagram. Yeah. My fault. Think about that. Yeah. Um, you did offer to... Well, I didn't realize you were just saying that to be polite. I thought you were actually offering to 
turn it off and finish it today. Today is the day we watched it last night, so today. But I, I just knew we didn't have time. Oh no, we didn't have time. Your, your mommy and stepdaddy are coming tomorrow, and my sister. And yeah, sister. they're coming tomorrow, and so we needed to tidy up. Plus, watch a baby during a blizzard. Oh yeah, it's a blizzard. It's a blizzard, everyone. Too. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will it it will no longer have be a blizzard. Might be a new blizzard by that point. Might be a new blizzard. But so yeah, uh, you you so started nodding off during the. I film, wasn't but... like nodding off, but I was getting sleepy and cozy and could have fallen asleep, but I didn't. Listen, Jack falls asleep during the movies all the time. He's admitted as much. And then so, he like still comes on and company. talks about them. He tries. He certainly tries. Well, I've seen this one a lot of times, and so I'm, I'm ready. And then even when it was done, instead of going right to bed, I had us watch ten minutes of outtakes, which I will not yeah. call bloopers. They're not funny enough to call bloopers. I don't think they called them bloopers, did they? They called it called it a gag reel. Even worse, there are yeah. no gags. Well, it's there's some gags. Except every time that uh, Miranda Hart, who plays Miss Bates, messes up a line. What did she say? Tits and ass? No. Yeah, she yeah she does. She just says some kind of general curse. I shall be so... Oh, tits and asses. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. S- like sexual curse. Yeah. Um, And also, like, we also discovered watching the bloopers, because we bought it. Yeah, okay, fine. We spent $15 and bought the film. And bought one of our favorite movies. Like, why not? Yeah. Uh, we discovered that Anya Taylor-Joy, in the iconic scene where Mr. Knightley confesses his love to Emma Woodhouse, uh, and she gets a nosebleed, uh, we discovered, I think... I think so. That they actually gave Anya Taylor-Joy a nosebleed? Yeah, it's... So, they're shooting the scene, and she's the capsule... Like got, went too far up her nose and I think actually went into her throat. Like it was scripted that she would get a nosebleed. And so they cut the scene and they're like trying to get the capsule out of her nose and then she actually gets a nosebleed from it. And they just use it. They, and they use, use it. it. It was actually really amazing to me because just in terms of what film actors have to do, where they're like, okay, is it bleeding? Oh, no, is that real blood? Is that real blood? And they're like, let's just use that. We'll just use that. And they're like, just wipe it off and tilt your head back and, and like, you know, get ready for the real blood to come out. So they wipe the blood off, and she's, like, tilting her head up. And then she looks at Johnny Flynn, who plays Mr. Knightley, and she's like, okay, okay, just, just ask me to marry you again. And yeah. he goes, will you marry me? Just, like, cueing the emotion from her, and just she's right there. And it was just yeah. like... How not, do film not actors something do I it? Could do. No, yeah. um, pretty amazing. You, the uh, you mentioned Johnny Flynn. Do you want to tell mm. the sex bugs about um, how the only thing that we listened to uh, <laughs> in whenever whenever this movie came out, like May of 2020, the only thing that was playing in our house in our apartment in Brooklyn at the time was the soundtrack to this film. So I actually I think this might have been the last movie that I saw in a theater because it it came out mid-February 2020 and then we watched it again maybe in like April or May as as soon as it came out on rental actually I remember it was one of those things where I paid $25 to rent it Um, 
And I got really into the soundtrack, which is very beautiful. And we and I listened. And it stars to, Mr. Knightley. Well, right. So the, the credit song is him singing it. And what I learned as I like suddenly became obsessed with him and this movie is that he is also an incredibly talented singer-songwriter. Which, and, which Emma also discovers in the movie. It's the moment that she falls in love with him. That's Jane true. Fair, Jane Fairfax is playing the piano. Uh, what's it called? Piano. Piano, piano forte. F- forte. It's just a piano. Yeah. Um, and Johnny Flynn is. Uh, he plays like violin and playing sings the a song with her. And singing a song. And it sounds He's got beautiful. A beautiful voice. Yeah. He has such a great voice. Um, so the the soundtrack is like some jaunty classical music that's really great, plus some like English folk songs. But then he sings the credit song, and it's so beautiful. And did Miles like it, or did I like make him like it? I think you made him like it, just like you made him like Into the Woods. He uh, he liked Into the Woods fine. Um, and for a long time, even once we moved here, so you know that summer, I think I would play that song every time. I like got him dressed in his pajamas. Yeah. Cause I, I think, think so. it took exactly as long as a pajama change. Um, I associate it with standing by his changing table. And we were saying last night, like what would happen if we played that song? Would he remember it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I think he maybe in some like deep lizard brain part of his head, he would, he would recognize it. Like when he FaceTimed his nanny and then started hysterically crying. Yeah. That was bad. <laughs> That wasn't fun. It was awful. Um, (laughs) I would love for you to describe this uh, video novel. Okay. If you're able to. I am. um, You've seen it more than... I would do it. Yeah, no. You've seen it more than me. You would? I would, and I would be happy to, and I would be happy to shoulder that burden for you. But you've seen the film more than I have, so I feel like I should give it to you to I did do it last week but I I will do it no I know and that's what I mean I I like obviously you did it last week I would love to to take this on for you Um, would you I would love to it was in our vows I think when we got married I said I will we'll take turns I'll do all the hard work I don't think you if if you did vow that I have not been taking proper advantage of it will you describe the book I'm going to describe the movie the video book Video novel. Okay, because there's also like a book version of this, which I haven't read. I think I saw the um, Gwyneth mm, Paltrow one, but okay. They, Am I doing? They 90s? novelized this movie. Am I doing ninety seconds or? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, do you not think you need ninety seconds or? Uh, no, I do. Last week, I think I needed like twenty seconds. This one's okay. Heftier. All right, let me um, head over to Google. One moment. Ninety. A fun fact is when I was in college, I worked on a musical that was a modern adaptation of Emma. Okay. What was it called? I think it was called Emma. Okay. On the nose. A little on the nose. In five, four, three, two, one. Go. Uh, The movie opens with Emma Woodhouse being very upset because her governess, Miss Taylor, is getting married and is moving out of her house and is leaving her all alone. Uh, but she's Emma, Emma is very pleased because she made this match and her dad is like, you better calm down with matchmaking because whenever you foresee something, it happens. And she's like, mm, okay. And then she finds out that there's a new girl at the boarding school in town i don't totally understand what kind of boarding school this is um harriet smith she's a a mystery man's 
bastard child. I think that's what that meant. Um, yeah. So she's in town and Emma decides to befriend her. And she does in this kind of weird messed up way where Harriet is very um, fawning and Emma kind of 30 left or 30 elapsed? Left. Uh, It's so complicated. Um, And so they become friends and Emma is trying to set up Harriet with Mr. Elton, the very weird preacher in town. I need more time. I need more time. I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Um, we're we're turning off the clock, and I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, so Harriet has a big crush on Mr. Elton, and this is the part of the movie that is the most like Clueless because I wouldn't it- say that that's necessarily true. Emma sort of coerces Harriet into being into Mr. Elton. Oh, and you think Ty just does it on her own? Ty. Oh, I thought you were saying that my comparison to Clueless was not correct. You're saying that my description is not correct. Yeah, I don't okay. think Mrs. Harriet is necessarily super into Mr. El- okay. Elton until Emma pushes it, c- compels her to be. I think yeah. that's fair. Okay, I'm going to continue. Um, but then we find out that Mr. Elton actually has a crush on Emma, not on Harriet. And everything that Emma has been interpreting as him having a crush on Harriet is actually him having a crush on Emma. And he's really shitty about it. He's a little yeah, baby he's brat. he's sort of a little wiener. Yeah. Um. At the same time, I haven't even mentioned Mr. Knightley. I know. Which one? Okay, we'll get into that. But Mr. the Mr. Knightley, Johnny Flynn, very important thing to include in the summary is that we see his tush. Oh, yeah. You see his tush, and he does, and I'm sorry, the, the Bingus Butchers None. will not be making an appearance tonight. Because he very deliberately covers it. Artfully. There's a moment where, where he is... Butt naked. Naked is the day he's No, born. he has a shirt on because he's holding the well, shirt over his back. Well, he is butt naked. Oh, first he's butt naked and you see his tush. And then you see his tush. Nice tush. Nice I, tush. The, here's the problem, though. is like I see my baby's tush so often now <laughs> that it's just like everything is compared to my baby's tush. And it's like, well, it, I don't know. I guess his, his tush looks like my baby's tush. He's got more of a tush than our baby does. Our baby has like a little bit of a tush. Just a little. Okay. So, Mr. Knightley. He was naked this morning. Our baby. Our baby, and this is dad talk now. Our baby, I mean, was, I <laughs> our baby was naked this morning because we had French toast with American cheese on it. Which is what my family does. It's very good. You should try it. And he spilled syrup all over He was his, already shirtless. All, all over himself. But he was he, in his pajamas anyway from last yeah. night. So we were like, so well, we're going to get dressed. So you nude. Yeah. And then I was in the playroom with him, playing with him. He and kept sticking his butthole in your face. He kept sticking his butthole in my face. And at first, it was just an accident, but then you commented on it, and then and it I became like laughing. a thing. And then he just kept doing it. He just intentionally kept, literally, and this is not like, literally kept jamming his butthole in my face. He would like go down and down where a dog and just, it was so good. All right, so tushes. So Mr. Knightley is... I, is Emma's brother-in-law, we realized. It seems yes. like he's just a family friend, but her sister has married his younger brother. So he comes to Older visit brother. a lot. And they're like kind of, they have a kind of like sparring sibling relationship. For all the clueless heads out there, he's Josh. They think of themselves as brother and sister. Right. And then... She gets married. Miss Taylor gets married to a local divorcee named Widower? Mr. Widower. 
Is he a widower? Yeah, Mr. Weston. Mr. Weston. I don't think people really did divorces often. You're then. probably right. Although this is like well after Richard the or Henry the Eighth. Henry no, the Eighth. So the reason I know about that is there's a Sarah McLean book where there's a divorce and you had to like get an act of parliament. Okay. That might have just been if you were aristocracy. But anyway, why does that matter? Who she's marrying? Yeah. Well, it's going to come into our power ranking power couple later. Okay. So then Emma's frenemy Jane Fairfax comes to town and Emma is wor- starts thinking that Mr. Knightley likes him. Oh, my God. I haven't met- mentioned Mr. Churchill. Yeah. There's, there's this, this guy named Frank Churchill, which I'm pretty sure is the name that – what's his face? Uh, um K Pax. Oh, let me be Frank. What? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Underhill. Uh, Underhill. Wait, what's his name? Underhill. Churchill in the movie. Churchill. Okay. So he's this. <sighs> what's like, that guy's name? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Okay. I thought that was his character's name in House of Cards. <laughs> so Frank Churchill is this like local bachelor who Emma's been hearing about. Oh, it's Mr. Weston's son. He's Mr. Weston's son. He's Mr. Weston's son. But, but he has he a took, different he name because uncle's he's uncle's, his uncle's heir. So he shows up and Emma's like, hmm. And they decide to throw a ball. Yep. I'm just going to skip to what matters. Okay. And at the ball, Emma and Mr. Knightley dance together and realize that they're in love with each other. Yes. And then they do kissing. Not yet, because then they go to the picnic and Emma right, is and mean Emma to Miss Bates. Herself. Yes. And Mr. Knightley yells at her. She has seen you grow up from when her notice of you was honor to have you now in thoughtless spirits and the pride of the moment laugh at her and, and humble her and before her niece and before others, many of whom are entirely guided by your treatment of her. It was badly done indeed. It was poorly done. <laughs> and she feels very bad. And they stop talking for like a day, probably. And then they go, oh, and Harriet had a crush hard, on Mr. Right? Knightley. And then there's also Robert Martin, who's the rectangular faced farmer who is in love with Harriet, who Harriet's in love with. But Emma had told her not to accept his proposal because he's too low class for her. And Mr. Knightley was like, mm, that's the best she's going to get. And so they fix that and get Harriet and Robert Martin back together. And then Emma because and Mr. We, because we discover that Harriet's father is just a galosh after he after tradesman. she came of age reached out to her and we discover that he's a tradesman but even not, still not like a highborn but even still Harriet and Robert Martin love each other and should be married and then Emma and Mr Knightley are out under a tree and he confesses his love for her and she gets a nosebleed and then she's like yeah, no like I will anime. fix this. What? It's like an anime when okay. um when I, characters I'm almost sorry, done. bear with me. I'm almost done. When I'm characters almost done. bear with um, me. And so then when characters at that point, get horny Emma in ta- animes. What? When characters get horny in animes, they their nosebleeds. Nose Weird. So yeah. then Emma fixes Harriet Smith and Robert Barton, and then she and Mr. Knightley get married, and I forgot to mention that her dad is Bill Nye and he's scared of cold draft. The science guy? Shut up. Bill Nighy. Nighy. What a casting. Nighy. Nighy. Right. Nighy. I remember when and he was in Doctor Who. Apologies to all the English lit majors for how I just butchered that summary. Yes. Apologies. 
Oh, my my sweatshirt's on backwards. While we're talking about Mr. Elton. Yes. I wanted to introduce a segment. It's called... Hashtag swoon. I was hoping we would talk about this. At the 41 minute mark, they are at a Christmas banquet at mm-hmm. the, the Weston house. And it's everyone. It's the Knightleys. It's Isabella. It's Isabella is Emma, Emma's sister. It's She's Papa like Morehouse. Uh, it's Mrs. Bates. Like everyone is there at this 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 Christmas di- dinner, Mr. Elton, haplessly trying to make conversation, mentions that it's snowing, and Isabella Morehouse, Emma's older sister, loses her goddamn mind. I dare say we shall have snow tonight. Snow tonight. When did it It is falling fast. It was snowing when your mother died. Well, what is to be done? Emma! She she sort of spends the movie losing her goddamn mind, usually over sort of like a helicopter parenting her three-year-old. Yes. Uh, who who she seems very worried about. Um, so anyway, Mr. Elton says, oh, I hear it's snowing, and everyone loses their mind, and everyone decides to leave the party. And everyone hurries into their coaches. Tanner paused pregnantly. Seeing if Jamie would want to hop in and do her burn here. Why would I want to do my burn? We're in the middle of hashtag swoon. (sighs) Obviously, you don't listen to the show. I listen to the show, and it honestly upsets me when you imply that I don't, because (laughs) I do. I have listened to your show forever. Well, then you'll know that we love to bury segments within segments. I know, but the burn of the week is like so climactic. Everyone piles into Uh. their... coaches and it just so happens that the way the pairing off works emma is left alone at the party with one person mr elton mr elton who comes out of the party and says oh emma please let me take you home in my coach i'm so confused about how this is hashtag swoon because this is the scene when he's the biggest wiener and they get into the coach, and they're making polite conversation, but just a few minutes down the road, Mr. Elton admits that he is deeply in love with Emma and asks her to marry him. And in doing so, he does this maneuver that I, I put to you, Jamie, is uh, maybe one of the sexiest things a man can do. Is it when he throws a big hissy fit? It's cold. It's December. It's Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, maybe. Oh. (laughs) And he is, um, he's wearing a garment into the the coach. And then as he's preparing to sort of like um, admit his love to Emma and ask her to marry him, he gives her bedroom eyes. And slowly unties his cape. And then slowly unties the front of his, I would call it a cloak. Oh, I see where we're going. Are you sure and you want to do this on with with all the bed pots and sex bugs listening? And I, I couldn't help but even, even I, a relatively straight man, was like, wow, the way that guy is seductively 
untying his cloak. We were both laughing at him. So sexy. The fact that he's wearing a cloak at all, so sexy. And I just, you know, I thought that was hashtag swoon. I think I think there's something very commanding, powerful, sexual, raw, energetic, dynamic about a man in a in a cloak. I feel like at this point I have to explain to Sex Bug Nation what I'm looking at on the Zoom because yes, even though we are in the same house, we are recording on Zoom. Tanner's in the basement. I'm in the office. It's easier to record that way. Basement is um, ice cold. Yes. And Tanner, what are you wearing to keep yourself warm? A cloak. A full, a full, heavy wool cloak that I bought on Amazon so that I could uh, wear it to walk the dog. It's it's like full on it's Ren a, It's Fair. a full, full caped cloak. Full Ren Fair caped cloak. It's body length. I'm six foot five and it is it goes down to my ankles. So I can't imagine the the person that this was actually made for. Um but yes, I'm wearing a full length cloak. And it, it makes, makes you feel me sexy. feel it makes me feel sexy. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel dynamic. It makes me feel raw. Um yeah, I love wearing this cloak. I think it's maybe the sexiest garment I own. You agree? What are you looking at? What? What are you looking at? What? Nothing. Uh, I couldn't look direct. It's like looking at the sun. Yeah. So I had to avert my eyes. Yeah. And I've got the I've got the hood up now. I look a little bit like um Emperor Palpatine. Emperor Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Are you doing your nails? I just had like a little thing I had to. (laughs) You can't. You can't can't... sit Jamie at her desk, or else she's (laughs) definitely gonna do her nails. I have a fidget. I got a fidget with them. Um, so yeah, that's my hashtag swim because he's wearing a, a very sexy and sexual cape. I feel like I got conned because it's like the le- he's being such a gross wiener in that scene. Yeah, like a minute later, the carriage like uh, like hits a bump or comes to a sudden stop, and he like falls into Emma's lap, and she gets pissed off, rightfully so. And then when she's like been clear that she's rejecting him, he throws a fit and slams on the roof of the carriage is like yeah stop 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 and he like gets out and walks home in the middle of the snow it's he's just like such yeah, a, a such baby. a yeah driver stop the carriage driver stop the carriage later on they're they're doing a dance well he marries this this woman with the longest neck in the world yeah who who sort of um she she becomes the the alpha in the Elton family yeah, and, and kind of pushes him around, uh, but then he does have a little bit of a hissy fit at the ball, uh, and starts s- screaming petulantly there as well. Yeah, do you remember that? Yes, I was. It's shortly after he he snubs um, Harriet, Miss yeah whatever Harriet's last name it, is Smith, and refuses Ms. to dance Smith. with her. Yep. He's a real jerk. And then Mister Knightley dances with Harriet to be oh, kind to her, that's, and that's that's, that's the, the beginning the of trouble. Yep, she she is so horny for him after that point i mean wouldn't you be i mean i was horny for him the whole movie what a handsome man he is and what Hash- a beautiful singing voice such a beautiful singing voice hashtag swoon yeah it was, it was hard not to be horny for him um jamie before yes. we get too far in i do want to introduce our hit our hit segment that we do on this show which one well this movie has an ensemble cast as we oh discussed. yes 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 um, and when we do romance films that have an ensemble cast, like like um, New Year's Eve, most this recently. This is basically like an artsy version of New Year's Eve. I wouldn't even say artsy. 
would say it's basically just another movie <laughs> like New Year's Eve. What we like to do is we like to do... Power Couple Power Rank. Yes. Uh, there are several sexy, dynamic, raw, engaging couples in this film. And I want to go through them and decide which one is the most appealing i don't even know the way you're talking about it it's like you're deciding which one you want to join their okay yeah yeah (laughs) um do you want me to go through the couples yes all right so I'll, i'll start with the first couple we're introduced to in the film the the opening of the film is a wedding or like scene two of the film is a wedding between one ms taylor uh, Emma Woodhouse's um, governess and Mr. Weston, who played the police detective in Sherlock. <laughs> and who discovered. has a very normal face. Yeah, just like, no, totally distractingly normal, normal in this movie. Yeah. So there's the Westons. They're the Westons, yes. Um, sort of, they they become like a. They they drive the plot forward via like um, events. Yeah, they're the ones who are always throwing parties and throwing the balls and throwing the the Christmas dinner and all that kind of stuff. Then there's Isabel, Emma's older sister, yeah. and Mister Knightley, Mister John, John Knightley, who is Mister George Knightley's younger brother. Yeah, and they have several children, and they're sort of uh, miserable put upon yeah by by their children did you recognize like did you feel an affinity for the the stressed out parents dad, thing the dad he, no, he was a him. little bit too much of like a. I don't want a, you to feel an affinity for him because then that means that i'm isabella yeah which you're you're not like a, a hypochondriac like okay isabella it's not a what's it called the is it still called a hypochondriac when you're hypochondriac about someone Your children? else? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of Munchausen's by proxy, but not really. She's hypochondriac because she, she and Mr. Woodhouse are hypochondriac for everyone. I think because of how Isabella and Emma's mother died. Oh, right. We don't yes. know the details, but I think that's what it is. Yes. Okay. Mr. Woodhouse famously uh, continues to feel a draft throughout the film, which we will get into in a little bit. Okay. So we've got the Westons, yes. Isabella and John Knightley. Yes. Frank. And in my notes, I have Underhill here, but that's not right. That's the guy Churchill. from House of Cards. Frank <laughs> and Churchill and Jane Fairfax. Jane Fairfax. Who have a secret engagement throughout yes. the film. Emma is interested in Mr. Churchill. And he is pretty flirty with her, despite he the is. fact that he is secretly engaged to the young and interesting Jane Fairfax. He's sort of a, well, I don't know. I was going to say he's a little bit of a dick, but he's also kind of like, he infuses the sort of quiet, bucolic energy of this town with some yeah. sexy energy. Yeah, he livens things up, but he is kind of a dick. He's got kind of like jock bro energy. Yeah. Um, and Mr. He's Knightley, pretty fun at that picnic, though. Right, but he kind of goads Emma into being very rude to Miss Bates. Impolite, right. And Mr. Knightley just does not like him. No, Mr. Knightley doesn't like anyone though. Or sorry, no, I'm thinking of Mr. Woodhouse. 
He doesn't like anyone. <laughs> no, but in an endearing way. Yeah. He grumpy. Okay. okay. So Frank Churchill and Jane Fairfax. Yep. Then we have, did we do Mr. and Mrs. Elton? We're getting to them. Okay. Uh, so Harriet. Okay. And Harriet Smith and Mr. Martin. Rectangle head. Yes. Uh, very, very uh, sweet, cute. Gets a goose. <laughs> gets a big Christmas goose. He's he's adorable. Yep. Okay. And Mr. Then, Elton and Lady Elton. Mrs. Elton. Mrs. Elton. He's got big ears. He plays Prince Charles? No. Yes. Oh, does he? Yes. Oh, yeah, he does. He plays Prince Charles on the crown. I've, seen, I've, I've watched, I've over, I've, I've seen that it. over yeah. your shoulder. And she. Um, and... I will say, I was looking up this cast before we started to just mm-hmm. get everyone's names and saw everyone in modern garb and modern looks. What a handsome guy that guy is. Oh, yeah, he's adorable. <laughs> he's very he, handsome. He does have big stick out ears. And he sort of, he plays in this film, he, Mr. Elton is sort of this like, Kind of weaselly, like he's always doing this, like sort of scrunch nose grin and like like rubbing his hands together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got this like big collar on because he's the the pastor in the yeah. little town that they're in. No, he's he's a real cutie. So, the, the, and then the final, obviously, the final couple. Wait, can I add one more before you yeah. do that? Yeah. Uh, Miss Bates and her mom. Okay. Miss Bates is. The woman that Emma is mean to, she's got to be like six feet tall. Yeah, she's she, she, she's the the town's gossip. She's sort of um, uh, what do you call it when you're unmarried back then? Spinster, um, spinster, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. she just annoys the hell out of Emma, and Emma is mean to her, and she goes everywhere with her mom, who is very old and can't hear, and must be like four and a half feet tall. Yeah, and she's I, tiny. I just appreciate that look. Yeah. And so, then, and then it's Emma, it's Emma and Woodhouse Mr. Knightley. And, and Mr. George Knightley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, p- power couple, power ranking. Go. Okay, C- should I start at the bottom? Yes. Um, at the bottom is. All right, I'm going to be a little edgy here, and this is probably because I'm looking at the Google page with all of their headshots and so i can see how attractive people are and i'm not seeing them in the context of the movie so at the bottom is miss taylor who becomes mrs weston and mr weston because they're nice but they're boring okay yes they are nice but boring yes but that's sort of the role they're meant to play yeah no they're great above them i'm gonna put isabella knightley and john knightley emma's sister and brother-in-law okay um, largely because the woman who plays Isabella Knightley is very pretty when she's smiling. She doesn't smile at all in the movie. They're miserable in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, so they're next. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to keep going? No, I'm I'm genuinely curious to see. Okay. Um, then next is uh, Miss Bates and her mom. Yeah. <laughs> they're not her a real couple. Her mom is so great. They're great, though. Then is Jane Fairfax and Frank Churchill because they're like Jane Sexy. is you'd want Emma's, to watch them have sex, no, right? No, no, I'm still I still don't like them because Jane is Emma's frenemy and uh, Frank is Mr. Knightley's frenemy, and so we. They're, I like, wouldn't fine. even say frenemies. I would say enemies. They they're, they they're sort of both... like do this thing throughout the film where when they see one another at a party, they'll just sort of like angrily nod at one another. 
Yeah, and like with it's Emma, very funny. It, <laughs> with Emma and Jane, Emma says that like everyone expects us to be friends because we're the same age, and I just like they don't dislike each other; they just don't like each other. And I think also Jane is depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so they're just like. I mean, she says that. In the film. Yeah, they're like attractive and boring. Uh, then is oh this is all right. Then is Harriet and Robert Barton. Okay. Because Harriet's a little annoying, but I love Robert Martin's dopey, perfectly rectangular face. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. also, he's on sex education and he's, he's very sweet there. Um, then my number- As is Mrs. Elton. Exactly. Is what you told me. And so she and Mr. Elton are my number two couple. Wow. Because so, so predictable. Even you, though- You chose Emma and Knightley as your number course. one. You have to. But like, even though Mr. Elton is a weenie and Mrs. Elton is a weenie, she's so amazing with her like very long neck and very weird mannerisms. And just like, she's like clearly a character you're meant to think is foolish, but she's just so great. And I love her. I think you're meant to think she's like pretentious. Like, she's constantly like using like Italian phrases. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, no, she's, but you're, she's you're, just meant she's to be like, annoying. Yeah, exactly. And then number one is obviously Emma and Mr. Knightley. Man, I, I will say they did such a good job of casting these two because they're both so good in these parts. Like Emma is like precocious and and like very clearly like uh whatever, like 18-year-old girl with yeah. too much money and too much time on her hands. Yeah. And Mr. Knightley is it like Johnny Flynn as Mr. Knightley is such a good choice. Like they just did such a good job. They're so good. Yeah. They're so easy to like. Yeah, they're so easy to like even when they're being so unlikable. Like she is just like a real like You know who she reminds me of is Jessica Wakefield from the Sweet Valley High. No, books. but she's but, like con- like a little bit yeah. conniving. She's like untrustworthy. She's sort she's of a conniving. liar. She's untrustworthy. She's full of herself. She thinks she's smarter than everyone. She's manipulative. She's very manipulative. And the whole thing is that, like, Mr. Knightley is the only person who calls her on it and the only person who sees through it. But she is super likable, even though she is, like, Jessica Wakefield is not likable, but Emma well, is. Well, I think there's okay. a million okay. uh, 12-year-old girls from 1988 who would not disagree this one. with you. Um, but... She's like very conniving and and naughty, but is still very lovable. And Mr. Knightley is mean to her, yeah, and yells yeah, yeah. at her. He literally but, yells at her at one point after the the debacle at the picnic. Yeah, shouts are very down. poorly done. Yeah, uh, but they are both very lovable, and I love them. And per your rules for this ranking, I guess I would. If it's really who would you invite into your lovemaking? It's the Eltons. Yeah. yeah. It's it's who spicy. it's who you would invite into your lovemaking, and that's always been the thing about power couple power ranking. Well, so do your rankings differ f- from mine? Uh, I would say pretty pretty similar. I would maybe give Miss Taylor and Mister Weston uh, an edge over Isabel and Mister Knightley. Yeah, Isabel and Mister Knightley are they're just sort of insufferable. Yes, that's true. That's their their entire character. Yeah, is that they're. Like she is a hypochondriac, and he's sort of like an exhausted, like put upon, put upon father. Yeah. But they are very funny and very attractive, yeah. both. Of them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm looking at her contemporary um, headshot. I'm realizing now that we're uh, 45 minutes into this that we forgot to take a break, so let's do that quickly. Okay, 
uh, and then we'll come back and, and continue on after our power ranking. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, we've done our power ranking, power couple, uh, power couple, power ranking. Uh, we've done our hashtag swoons, but this movie, what do you suppose it's rated? PG-13? Do you want me to tell you? I'm looking at the yeah. thing right now. Um, where would they? PG. Yeah, it's it's a you pretty soft a movie. Apparently you can show a tush and be PG. Yeah, you can show Johnny Flynn's tush in a PG movie. Uh, they should show our baby's tush in a PG movie. It's cute. It's very cute. He's got a funny tush. And what's he call it? He calls it his rump. Well, because you call it his rump, and so he called it his rump once. Yeah, that's funny. It was good. It's funny when a, <laughs> a two-and-a-half-year-old calls his butt his rump. <laughs> We've done our power couple power ranking. This movie is rated PG, which means that all they can do is show Johnny One Flynn's tush. rump once. And a kiss. And it also means that it's not a very sexually charged film. Well, I would say it is charged, but it does not consummate the... Ch- no one bones. No one bones. So it's going to be on us, Jamie. To bone. To sex this movie up a little bit. You are the former romance reviewer of the New York Times. I am famously a sex haver. And let's infuse this movie with a little s-e-x right what do you think is there a i don't remember is there like a song for two lewd dudes like boop, 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 two lewd dudes i don't think so okay well i just wrote it interior where are you i have the script open hartfield gold drawing room night oh it's the last scene Mr. Woodhouse, Mr. Knightley, and Emma are all in their habitual places, reading. Except that Mr. Knightley and Emma can't concentrate and keep stealing glances at one another. So that feels like a good opportunity to start sexing things up a little bit. What do you think? So yeah, we've got we've got a, a father, his daughter, and her love interest sitting in the parlor, uh, quietly reading. How are you going to sex that up? Oh, the father should leave. Okay. So, Mr. Morehouse. Woodhouse. Mr. Woodhouse politely leaves. So now they can just probably just do it, right? Or Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That, I don't think that's a good idea then cuz that oh. sort of sort of undercuts the the improv of the scene a little bit. So, okay. let's keep Mr. Woodhouse there. But here's the thing. So, Mr. Woodhouse in this film, his sort of, his his gimmick, his character's gimmick. What are you doing? I'm looking at the scene. Okay. I have the screenplay up on my other monitor. His character's gimmick why is don't that you, he's... Why do you, you, you police my attention when I was looking at Instagram Because you're not paying attention to me and you're not uh, responding to me. And it's a podcast and you have to do those things. I'm following along on the script that we are currently editing. Mr. Woodhouse famously is always feeling a draft. Yes. And in this scene, he famously feels a draft. Mr. Woodhouse, suddenly. Do you feel a draft, Mr. Knightley? About the knees? Mr. Knightley. I I cannot say that I do, sir. Mr. Woodhouse. Oh. 
So, what I suspect is happening, Jamie. Oh, okay. Is that what we're dealing with here is a deep ghost prologue. And what Mr. Woodhouse is feeling is actually a ghost, a specter. Yes. Oh, Tanner. Hey, Tanner. Yeah. Is it ghost sex? It might be. It might be. It could be. So what I think is that actually this film takes place in the spectral universe, the Netflix Uh original film Spectral. Have you seen it? No. Is that Joel Edgerton? Joel Edgerton is in it. Yeah. He, um, no, no, sorry. That's, (laughs) that's that's the other one. That's right? bright. That yeah. <laughs> Spectral is uh, army guns ghosts. Yes, it's an army and they have special goggles that let them see ghosts so they can shoot them with ghost with guns. guns. Okay. Yeah, but obviously yeah. guns don't exist yet in whatever, 18... yes. <laughs> 1780 or whatever this is. Yes, they do. Uh, so they don't have yes, ghost guns do. and they don't have the ghost goggles that they use to spot so they just have to feel they have to feel so they feel them about their knees um so we can either have as two lewd dudes me and you we can either have mr woodhouse have sex with a ghost which could be pretty interesting or use it as an excuse to exit him from the scene so that freeing up emma and mr knightley to i have a better idea Okay. Which is, we actually follow this scene a little longer. So what happens is, Mr. Knightley has a clever idea where he's like, oh, yeah, no, I do feel I do feel a draft. And Mr. Woodhouse is like, get the screens! And his little footmen bring in the screens, the like paneled screens that he surrounds himself with to sort of hold in the hot air from the fire. Yeah. And that puts uh, the screen in between Emma and Mr. Knightley. And Mr. Woodhouse, so that they can't be seen, so they can hold hands. They can do smooching, yeah. And they do a smooch. But what if then, once the screen is up and no one can see each other, the ghost comes around Emma and Mr. Knightley's knees, and instead of Emma and Mr. Knightley having sex with each other, the ghost seduces both of them at once. Like Ghostbusters. Yeah, like Ghostbusters. Like Dan Aykroyd and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay, and then, so the ghost gives them both a blowjob and their eyes sort of like bug out of their heads and they're like right I was thinking a little classier and what's Mr. Woodhouse doing during all of this uh like sitting and reading (laughs) so it's just it's it's the normal scene it's the scene but instead of except a ghost is giving Mr. Knightley and Emma blowjobs head heads yes so instead of just like very like is it two ghosts or just one ghost and who's the ghost Okay, well, I want it to be one ghost. I'm picturing like a sort of um, uh, what's his face from. from so they Spirited have to take Dwight. turns. No, is the ghost name No Face? Yes. So it's like No Face, but it's just got like infinite. It has as many mouths as it needs. Okay. It's like a, a non-Euclidean Lovecraftian sex horror. Okay, just it's it's designed to get. It's like. It's like Slanesh, the Dark Prince of Pleasure from Warhammer 40K. One of the Chaos Gods. You know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen I my don't. Warhammer 40K stuff in the basement, right? I try to avert my eyes. Because <laughs> it's too powerful. Uh, okay. I, um, well, we didn't, we didn't go through the scene, but I think we did do a good job of sort of punching up the script. Because it's yeah. like a whole thing where it's like, she sort of like... They do do the screens, and and Mister Woodhouse is separated from them, and they do do a little bit of like whispering, chatting about how 
Mr. Knightley is in love with her and he's willing to give up his estate to move in with her and her father. Because her father will never like leave their house. Right. Um, and then they do a big kiss. And that's about as sexy as the movie gets. But in your version of it, they do all that. Instead of doing a big kiss, they get graphic blowjobs from a ghost. Yeah. Okay, at the same time. Yeah. Right. And is the dad getting a ghost blowjob no. too? You said it's like a Euclidean like horror. No. It can like no. sort of just No. No. How what are the extent I'm so curious about this ghost you've invented. What's the extent of its powers? How many people can it give a blowjob at one time? Your brain cannot comprehend it. It could give a blowjob to every person on the earth if it wanted to. I don't know. I don't know. It slips between dimensions. You're the one who invented this character. I'm I just, can't I'm just even trying wrap to help you my mind build this around world. it. If I were to fully conceptualize it, I would instantly go mad. Okay. It is it is Lovecraftian then. Yeah. In that way. Your mind would But be like flayed. not in the race not in the racism and homophobia ways. No, Jack's not here. We don't have to to talk about racist authors that we love. This isn't like a pro Lovecraft thing. It's a pro sex okay. ghost. Right, okay. Like a professional sex ghost. <laughs> yes. Ghost professional. So instead of joining the army like all the other ghosts in uh, in uh, Spectral, the hit Netflix original Spectral, this ghost has decided to, to make love, not war. Mm. And it goes around giving people... Head. Uh, head. Uh, uh, clandestines. Head. head. Yes. Yes. I just want to say head instead of blowjobs because it's less gendered, less anatomized. I don't want to litigate the definition of giving head, but I assume that when one is getting head, what it means is that that someone's head is on their genitals. Oh, I never thought about that before. And then, therefore, it does make sense for a woman to get head, too. But then we run into the problem of not knowing if the ghost's mouth is coming from their head. Where else would it be coming from? Impossible to comprehend. You, okay. So you're thinking the ghost might look a little bit like something like Slimer. No. From yeah. Ghostbusters where it's not, it doesn't have a head necessarily. It's Slimer just sort has of a like head. a. No, Slimer has no, a head. No, Slimer, Sli- Slimer, Slimer is a head. No, Slimer just doesn't have a neck. Slimer doesn't have a body. Slimer, Slimer is essentially arms. just a living head no. with arms on the side and a tail. That's called a Slimer body. Slimer looks like a, like a big sperm. Oh, I guess Slimer has a torso. Slimer's a little bit confusing. I think Slimer is like, he's essentially a ball with arms, right? He's like a bean with arms. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. So. Slimer's yucky. Slimer's teeth and gums are a little too much. Imagine that. Imagine that going down. It's actually like upsetting me to look at. Can we talk about nice things? Like how the guy. I'm sorry, getting oral sex from Slimer is not a nice thing. I instead would like to think about how the actor who plays Robert Martin looks like a young baby Highland cow. Yeah, you you famously tweeted about that at one point. It's not famous. Like, it didn't get a lot of retweets, but I just think about it often because it's true. You want to plug your Twitter while we're here so people can go find it? Have you not been linking to it in the show notes when I'm on the show? You'd have to ask Jack. Hmm. I don't. He's the one who edits the show. I'm more of the sort of producer and host. It's kind of my kind of my my role. Jack, hey Jack, just put a link to my Twitter in the show notes, please. The tweet specifically, the tweet where she compares. Oh, I don't know where. I'm not going to be able to find that. No, Jack will find it. Jack will find it. That sounds like a lot of work. Um, 
We've done two Lou dudes. Do you have any other notes? I got a burn. This is full of burns. Jamie? Yes? I have gotten through most of my notes, but I am curious about one final thing. Yes? Did you have a... (gasps) (gasps) You do it quiet, I'll do it loud. You're upstairs. You're closer to the baby. I am. To our sleeping son. I'm way down in the sub-basement of our estate. Yes. So I can I can really let loose. Yes. I can really scream. Did you ever burn? Hell yeah, I did. This movie's chock full of them. Yeah, it was kind of actually hard to choose one. Well, because it's just like the, the, the lingua franca of this movie is burns. That's the French language? The the movie just like it's all burns. Okay, yeah. So my burn is actually took place. Um, it's right in the midst of a scene you were describing earlier, which is um, there is a Christmas party and it is interrupted because Mr. Elton mentions that it's snowing and uh, what's her name Isabella and Mr. Woodhouse start freaking out because it's snowing and they have to get home and they're worried about catching a cold and the baby catching a cold and being caught in the snow. So it's like the first course of dinner and all of a sudden everyone's up and hustling and running to the uh, the carriages. And um, <laughs> Mr. Woodhouse is hustling Isabella into the carriage and he says, You will catch your death. Your husband is not, is not strong. <laughs> it's just... It's so it's, good. It's very good. He he says it while he's sort of like glancing back at yeah at the John husband. Knightley, and John Knightley just sort of like uh, like does like a big heavy shrug. Like yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not very strong. I'll ride with you then. Evidently, I may not survive. I think he's my favorite character in the film. The put upon husband. Yeah, he's so he's just so funny. He's so silly. Um, my burn comes from the 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 pivotal moment in the film at the at the one hour and thirty mark, where they're at their their picnic at I think it's called oh. Box Hill. Yeah, uh, and Mister Frank Underhill from House of Cards, uh, played by Kevin Spacey, pre cancellation challenges Emma. To kind of get get the party a little hornier, and he tells her to challenge everyone to tell an interesting story, and that's too difficult. No one can do that. So he says, "Okay, well, at least tell one interesting story or two boring stories." And Mrs. Bates, Ms. Bates, Miss Miss Bates, has a beautiful self burn. Uh, three things. She, he says... She demands either one thing very clever or two things moderately clever or three things very dull indeed. And Miss Bates says... Oh, very well then. I need not be uneasy. Three things very dull indeed. That will do just for me. I shall be sure to say three dull things as soon as I open my mouth. <laughs> and it's a very good um, self-own and self-burn. And then, and then g- g- gracelessly... Emma picks up the ball and says something mean and snide and unkind and very poorly done. Yeah, very poorly uh, done. 
to to Miss Bates, and it's sort of it's her downfall. Yeah, but it also is what allows her and Mr. Knightley to love each other. Yeah, that humility that she endures by Mr. Mr. Knightley's shouting at her on the way out yeah. of the party is eventually what makes them fall in love. What a good film, Jamie. If so you good. haven't seen it, everyone, go and watch it and then go back and listen to this episode again. Uh, you probably should have said that at the top of the episode. Um, and then do also buy it on iTunes so that you can watch the gag reel. I would say that the gag reel is fine. Yeah. It's some no... of the gags are bangers and some of them are pretty boring. Yeah. it It's no season three of Alias Bloopers, which is the best bloopers video of all time yeah. under all creation and it's no 1989 uh mlb bloopers which they used to show infomercials for all the time when we were growing up do you remember that there no. was always baseball blooper infomercials on tv maybe in fact i definitely equate the the phrase blooper with baseball because huh. of all the infomercials they showed for baseball bloopers as i was growing up huh <laughs> I guess I get that. Like the time Randy Johnson threw a fastball so hard it exploded a pigeon. Yes. But that's not a blooper. That's a murder. Yeah, but it's a blooper too. That's definitely on some blooper reel somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, check out the bloopers. Check out the film. Hell of a film. Um, I think that's I think that's it. I think we're done. Yeah. Uh, I've been Tanner Greenring. I am Jamie Green and Jamie Greenring. Please do uh, rate and review the show everywhere that one can rate and review podcasts. That is uh, generally Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. Do check out our Twitter at BSCC Podcast. Yeah. And then um, do uh, join the Facebook group. Baby Nation yeah. is what it's called. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. People really like it. And uh, we put put our show notes there and you can kind of comment on the episode and, and find like-minded people who are also um, commenting on the episode. That's it. I'm trying to think if there's any other show notes that Jack goes over on the outro. I don't think there are. Merch? No, there's nothing up right now. Okay. Um, d- d- uh, that's it. We will see you next week. Uh, sex bugs and, and bed pots. What are we doing next week? It's unclear. It's me again, right? unclear in both counts uh we we don't know what we're doing yet and we also don't know if jack will be back and we also don't know if jamie will be here so uh we will see i think we'll we're gonna have to wait and see um we're probably gonna read a book given that we read a movie this week uh what that book is tbd and who the guests are uh there's one thing is for sure i will be on next week's episode at least we have that everything else is is in the wind it's up up for grabs so <sighs> we'll see uh but thank you for joining us jamie thank, thank you, you for joining me uh jack uh have fun editing this one and uh <laughs> sex bugs we will see you next week we might be childhood friends and i might drive you around the bend but i'm sure it's crazy good so i get out in the end i might kiss you on the lips despite your nose but i guess that's how it goes let's keep falling in love with us No, no, you're right, you're right. Hold on. Yeah, just blow it out and put your head up.
Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Put your hand in place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, I need a second just to like not laugh. Let go to you. Yeah. Sorry. Can you give your hand up? Mm-mm-mm. Hold on, hold on. Keep it up. Okay. 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 <sighs> okay. Ask me to marry. Will you marry me? Be very.